Hello, everybody. Welcome to Talk the Walk here on Washers Network. I am your host, the Enlighted Excited Eddie V. Joining me for this discussion is the Celestial Work herself, Ms. Celeste Roberts. Hey, uh, life is indeed strange sometimes, don't you find? Yes. And, of course, we got the sound mind one herself, Mr. Shay Candy from another Zelda podcast and part of the Boss Rush Writer team. Hello, Mr. Ness. She's part of another Zelda podcast. Hello, Shay. Well, hello, hello. I'm excited for this one. Uh, really, I really am. Uh, love this series. So, ah, yes, yes. If, um, of course, you see by the title and here's the nest. We are doing Life is Strange. This is a game from Don't Not and Square Enix. Um, Want to give you guys a trigger warning though. Um, we are going to be talking about death, suicide, insinuated sexual assault, drugs, drinking, natural disasters, depression, bullying, and domestic violence. Um, and uh, like I said, this is from Don't Not Square Enix. But I, before we get into everything, uh, this is kind of I remember having this game on PS3. And I remember I got to see part of it and then I stopped because I was just like, I don't know how I feel about this game. And this is before I got into walking simulators and everything. Uh, and that that was it too. I, I kept it on hold, but then when I played uh, Edith, uh, uh, what is it, Celeste? Edith Finch? Uh, what remains e- of Edith, Edith Finch? Finch? Yes, once I played that, I understood the genre. It was just mm-hmm. like, Okay, now I understand this game because it was a mixture of heavy rain in a sense, oh, but yeah. not with quick time events. And what we made to eat a fish with a slow paced, uh, story driven narrative where you couldn't really make a mistake and get a game over. You really just like you have to redo some of your decisions or you have to stick with the choices that you made. So that's what I remember sure. about this game. <clears throat> So, Ed, uh, did you play Heavy Rain first before you played Life is Strange? I have played Heavy Rain. When I got my PS3, Heavy Rain was one of the four yes. games that I got. And mm-hmm. I love Heavy Rain. I, you know, yes. I, I played some old Quantum Dream games, but Heavy Rain, I put the controller down. And I, I got the best ending, but I could put the controller down. and was just quiet for good 10 minutes because... I've never experienced anything like that. I, I was into the story. I was feeling for the characters. And I think playing Life is Strange is just like, you want to do the right thing, but the right thing may not always be the right choice. And we're going to talk about it when we get yeah. uh, Shane, how did you come about uh, Life is Strange? Um, well, I, um, I think I actually was uh, on YouTube and I was listening to music uh, from the Life is Strange series. And uh, it was after all five episodes had come out. And I, I bought Life is Strange on my PS4, uh, a physical copy. It's still in plastic because not even a month later, it came for free on the PlayStation Plus. <laughs> so <laughs> I, uh, I own the copy, so that's good. Um, but uh, yeah, I ended up playing it on there. Um, and I immediately was addicted. Like it, it reminded me of Heavy Rain, um, especially towards the end, um, how it just, you know, 
unravels. Um, mm-hmm. But man, I I just I I felt uh, compelled to play it. Um, I think uh, that time in my life, it, it's you know starting a family and um, you know just kind of that stuff all felt right right there as I played because it's um, it's hard to describe because you know I used to play all RPGs, but as I'm getting older, it's more story based and emotion based type games that I kind of like um, as well. So it really uh, I think I beat it in less than you know three days. It was it was awesome. Uh, what about you, Celeste? How did you come about Life is Strange? I think I want to blame Shane here. <laughs> In a good way. I think it's his fault that I <clears throat> found out about the series because I would see Shane tweet about it on Twitter, um, whether he was talking about it or interacting with other people who enjoy the series. And Eddie and I had started Talk the Walk in 2020 and we were just talking about the different games we wanted to cover. And I think Shane suggested Life is Strange, or maybe Eddie did as well. So I finally played it for the first time last year on the PlayStation 4. And I I love games where you get to walk around and explore. But I also mm-hmm. really love games where you get to make decisions. And I especially love it whenever those decisions really can affect the outcomes. Instead of just, oh, it doesn't really matter. Like in some games, they, you know, it's kind of a cheap way out where, oh, yeah. well, I guess it doesn't matter which one I select. <laughs> yes. So um, just to give everybody a heads up, we are going to be talking about Before the Storm, but that's going to come at a later time. So if you are not part of our Patreon for Boss Rush, you might want to sign up. You good. You'll get that uh, experience a little bit early, uh, and you'll be be able to hear that special discussion. And uh, we are going to be covering Life is Strange 2 in the future and Life is Strange 3 True Colors. Now, I'm going to let everybody know I have not played True Colors yet, but I have time. I'm going to get into it. I heard a lot of great things about it, and I'm, I'm ready to jump in, which... It's a contrast to Life is Strange 1 and 2 in the sense. But we're, we'll discuss that when we get to Life is Strange 3 in the sense. <clears throat> um, but I got a question for you guys. Would you rewind time to change the outcome of different events in your life? Celeste, you brought us, you brought us this question. So I need to know, <laughs> would you rewind time? Um, I've been trying for these talk the walk episodes. I've been trying to find like a, an opener an icebreaker, so to speak related to the games that we discuss. And so I came up with this question and this is a very hard question to answer because it's kind of like a monkey's paw incident. If you've read that short story where be careful what you wish for, be careful of the consequences of your actions. If I, so if I could rewind time, knowing what I know, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to say. I mean, sure, I, I would love to maybe have the ability to let a, a loved one know, hey, maybe I'm going to rewind time so that they're diagnosed sooner with a disease so that it can be knocked out. Maybe they can extend their life. That would be pretty cool. But at the same time, as we see in the game with a certain event, mm-hmm. the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And something you're not prepared for can happen as well. Something maybe worse. 
So, you know, I, I don't think I would, to be honest with you. I, I don't think I would change anything in my life because everything that I have experienced has shaped who I am today and has helped me to feel more confident, has helped me to see life a different way. Uh, what about you, Shay? Well, I thought about this, um, you know, in the back of my mind, I, I don't really want, wouldn't want to use it. I love, I love my life, you know, my family, um, you know, who knows if I changed time, would I, would I be part of boss rush? Would I've met you guys? Would I, you know, doing this podcast right now? I don't know, but I think it would be cool because I, since, uh, Zelda Ocarina time is my favorite game. I would probably go back so I could replay it without knowing anything about it. And I think that would be really cool. Um, that would be a, just, you know, nothing that, uh, would shake the, the timeline of the world, but, something that I could then, you know, play again. And then if I wanted to go back, I could go back. I don't know. It's just something simple. Um, you know, yeah, there's events and stuff that have happened in my life that, yeah, I probably would like to change, but um, who knows what would happen because of that. So. Yeah. Uh, for me, I would, I would rewind time for part, parts of it. I would rewind the time, uh, the passing of my father, I like how all of that went down. Um, and I would kind of remind the time with the person that I told them that I couldn't be with them for a reason. I think I would have jumped into that relationship. Mm. But then I probably wouldn't say it with you, Caddy, uh, with Shay, with, uh, Shay. I probably wouldn't know what Boss Rush is. I probably wouldn't have met Corey. I wouldn't mm -hmm. have met you guys, Jesse. Around like the whole crew have a community. I probably wouldn't have the stuff that I have now if I did say that because I kind of see what happens with that person being with somebody else and you know good for them. That's what I want to kind of. That's what I wanted for them. But I kind of wonder what if that was me instead? Would our lives be different? Would boss rush? Boss rush probably would still happen, but who would have been? I probably in the back of my mind would have been like, who would be Corey's best man or not best man, best friend, helping them make boss rush? You I know, think best man also fits. Down. I do too. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yes. So, um, but uh, let's get in a little bit into uh, about this game. Um, Life is Strange is a series of primarily episodic graphic adventure games published by Square Enix European subsidiary. Created by Don't Not Entertainment, the series debuted with the eponymous first installment, which releases episodically in five chapters across 2015. Additionally, a remastered collection of the original game was released in February 2022. Development of the game began in April 2013. It was formed with the episodic format in mind for reasons both financial and creative. The developers conducted field research on the setting by traveling to the Pacific Northwest and subverted known archetypes to make the characters. Player feedback influenced the adjustment made to the episode. Story and character art serve as a central point in the game. It is available on Android, iOS, Google Stadia, Linux, Microsoft Windows, OXS, OS X, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, Xbox 360, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch. 
um, and like we mentioned, uh, Series X and PlayStation 4. I mean, oh, or Series X um, also has one um, for the backwards compatibility um, with it. Uh, the game was released in January 30th, 2015. Uh, the setting is the United States Pacific Northwest fictional Arcadia Bay, um, or kind of based off uh, Garibaldi or, or um, Oregon, I believe. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, to get you guys an additional heads up, we covered one of their games, but just tell me why. Um, mm-hmm. That we covered for Pride, uh, for uh, Talk the Walk. So you guys could check that episode out. Um, the summary, do we want to get into the summary? Uh, okay. I, so I think so. The plot focuses on Max Caulfield, an 18-year-old photography student who discovers that she has the ability to rewind time at any moment, leading her every choice to enact the butterfly effect. The player's actions will adjust the narrative as it unfolds and reshapes it once allowed to travel back in time. Fetch quests and making environmental changes represents the forms of puzzle solving in addition to using branching choices for conversation. The characters have to deal with everyday life issues created by their own families and schoolmates. And as you can expect in a typical public high school environment, there is a lot of high school drama and sometimes teens make bad decisions. Players will be given the opportunity to make choices while playing Max and each choice will have consequences and gameplay. Her ability to rewind time will impact the game's narrative. There are multiple endings depending on the choices the player makes for Max. The game has a licensed indie soundtrack and hand-painted visuals. Um, so uh, we're going to jump into um, the characters before we jump into like the episodes and everything. Uh, so Maxi Max Clawfield, who is our main character, uh, Max is the surname. Uh, and it references Holden Clawfield from The Catcher in the Ride by J.D. Selinger. And his per- and, uh, his personality as an iconic rebel is echoed by Max's spirit of defiance and characterization as an outsider in her community. Max is moving back to Arcadia Bay after living in Seattle, uh, Washington for a few years. And Max... Uh, when episode one starts, you see Max waking up and she's in class. Um, after uh, she sees this tornado that is coming toward her, uh, going to uh, her town. Um, and then you're controlling her going, and then you see this deer. And the, the deer is kind of leading you to where you need to be at. Next thing you know, the game starts. Uh, what did you guys think about Maxine or Max? I can actually say uh, I think <clears throat> when she's more vocal and everything, she feels more alive. But when she's just like, oh, I don't know, I'm kind of scared. I, you know, when she kind of falls back into this uh, eggshell of hers. It, it kind of gives me like, come on, Max, I know you're a teen. You got through this far in life. You could be a little bit boisterous. You could be a little bit more out there, speak, speak mm-hmm. your mind. And it doesn't take to when she actually recognizes certain events and she's able to fix it is when she starts speaking her mind and everything. 
Uh, Shane, what did you think about Max? So she's a little, she's a little timid, you know, when, when, when it comes to her, her voice and her, um, I guess her actions. Um, but you can see that develop over the course of the five chapters. Um, I, I think she's very, very down to earth, laid back, um, but also can, um, you know, voice her opinion when it, it needs, needs to be, um, like, like Kate Marsh, um, type type stuff who we'll talk about later um and i think she's also trying to get back into arcadia bay the feel of it because she's been gone for five years she used to be friends with chloe and and didn't really you know stay in communications with her especially when chloe's uh, dad passed away so i think uh, she's trying to feel out um the the academy the the Arcadia Bay and uh, her relationship status with Chloe as a friend. So okay, what about you, Sinesse? Save Max Max's supernatural powers and her premonitions of the storm heading towards Arcadia Bay. She's really just an average teenager. She's a twelfth grade student. She's at this academy called Blackwell Academy. That's that has this cool photography teacher who's a renowned photographer. And that's the reason she's actually back in Arcadia Bay. She's living in the dorms at Blackwell Academy. She just, she doesn't like, I don't mean this rudely. She doesn't like stand out to me mm -hmm. as, you know, like she's, she's not really mean. She's not very preppy. She's just kind of existing, which is fine. Like that's, kind of awesome that you can get away with that in high school that you just kind of go with the flow and get to do your own thing she's she's not a very dramatic person i don't find but mm -hmm. she's surrounded by drama so we're really she kind of reminds me of link a little bit mm. in the zelda series because she is the link to the story i mean yeah she has her own background like link has his own background in the legend of zelda series but she's just she just kind of serves as a device to guide us through the game, I find. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Chloe, I'm not Chloe, uh, Max is, you know, class is over. She talks to Mr. Jefferson, who is the teacher um, of, of, you know, that you meet. And uh, he's talking to another character named Victoria. Um, uh, who is uh, where Rick, Victoria? She's a personality rich and arrogant. Victoria is a typical snob who boasts about her expensive designer clothes and state of the art electronic equipment for her classes. Max Clawfield frequently feels envy regarding her possessions. Victoria gushes and seems like the stereotypical queen bee figure at Blackwell, which, you know, of course, she's designed that way. Uh, you know, and some teen dramas, uh, they that is part of uh, the antagonist in the movie. They they're the ones that you have to overcome while dealing with your problem. Uh, but sometimes they are uh, like the side story to what's actually really going on and everything. Uh, in episode one, uh, once. Um, <coughs> class is over with you and you're able to leave a free roll uh you're able to listen to some music which i gotta say i want to say it's alternative folk in this because it's a lot of guitars 
light drums. I mean, it has a sound to it, but it's nothing like heavy rock or anything. It's kind of really easy. Um, but it's not like, uh, this music is very light. No, it has more of a, not pump pop to it, but it's just like, the, it's, it's guitar heavy, but it's just easy, relaxing guitar. Like, even the vocals are not even hard and everything. Um, what what did you guys kind of think about that with the music that happened at certain events and this and with characters, I should say, uh, Celeste? I I like the music. The soundtrack's awesome. I think it's very evocative of what's going on. It feels like a teenage movie, a teenage drama, a little bit with this maybe mm -hmm. undercover or underground, I should say, band playing. And like Shane mentioned, that I think this the music is how he even discovered the game. Yeah, uh, Shay, uh, want to speak a little I, bit more about the music? Well, I, I just really like um, the tone for it. it. It's it's not really elevator music, but it's not me. I want to jump around and dance to it, but it's it makes you feel I I want to say mellow, and mm -hmm. you it almost entrances you to focus on the area you're in, what's happening at that point. And it also makes you want to explore that area and see what's around while you're hearing the music. Um, and I don't know, it just, it's, it's, it's good music. Like I, it's, like I said, it's not anything that I would go to a rock show for, but it's, it's really um, just tranquil to me. So. It's, it's a cute, acoustic music and I know I said that wrong. Acoustic music in a coffee shop, yeah, mm -hmm. kind of style. Mm -hmm. If you hear, it's a good description. And and it's just like it's that singer and it's that guitar and it may have some other other things, but it's it really just like you guys said, it really fits the tone and it really fits the mood about where it's going. And plus, with this taking place kind of like in Oregon, and that kind of time period, it really makes sense. Like the town. It's not that busy. So the music complements what the city is all about. Um, I mentioned Mark uh, Jefferson. Uh, he's a photographer teacher at Blackwell Academy. As a famous photographer and a widely recognized artist across America, he gained popularity during the 90s. Introduced <coughs> as the cool and nice teacher who is greatly admired by his students, including Max, he is later revealed to be something else in the game. We'll stop right there. <laughs> but um, in episode one, when uh, kind of in the beginning, you go into the bathroom, uh, as Max, she wants to kind of cool down, calm down. So she washes her face and she sees this blue butterfly. She goes to uh, get this photo because there's a photo contest that is happening. So she takes a picture of it and she hears uh, someone answers it and they start talking to themselves. Uh, which is Nathan Prescott, who is kind of believed to be the villain of the game. Um, he's a student at Blackwall Academy and a second, well, I won't say secondary. He is uh, uh, an, an antagonist throughout Life is Strange. He is associated with selling drugs at Blackwell and it is consistently implied that he is mentally ill and is in therapy. Um, and, you know, we hear him and everything, you know, talking, calling himself stupid, acting kind of funny. And then another person comes in 
which is kind of our second protagonist, and this is Max's friend uh, or partner in the game, Chloe Price. Uh, she's the do du- uh, do a. Do a Deuter- ter- <laughs> oh yeah, she uh, Chloe Price is a deuterogonist. <laughs> That's a fun word to say. She's the D word. <laughs> deuterogonist. She's the deuterogonist of like the strange. That's a new word. I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's so a secondary. I'm, it's what you said, a secondary protagonist, so to speak. I ah, just came okay. up with it before the show when I put it in there. You're so, we're gonna let we're gonna let Webster know. The dictionary is gonna be so proud of you. <laughs> uh, she was Max's best friend before she moved to Seattle, living with Chloe in their hometown of Arcadia Bay, Oregon. They rekindled their friendship during the events of the game after Max left. Chloe became best friends with Rachel Amber before Rachel went missing, which is part of Before the Storm, so you guys will be able to understand that. She is the daughter of William Price and Joyce Price and the stepdaughter of David Madison, who also plays a part in this game. Chloe's death may be... Hmm, I won't say no more after that. I have so to, let, I have let's to continue that. with the bathroom. Let's continue with what's going on in the bathroom. Yes. So um, Nathan and Chloe uh, is arguing, and Nathan pulls a gun out on uh, Chloe. And as they're fighting, the gun goes off, and it shoots. Uh, Nathan shoots Chloe and kills her. Uh, Max ceases, says no, and rewinds time. And it's just like, like, wait, what what happened? And so, or um, do she, does she rewind time at that point and wakes up? It or act- does she wake up again? It, like, it activates. Like, she screams and that triggers. Yeah, and she ends up okay. back at the desk in uh, Jefferson's room. Okay. So. So she she's answering questions right because she heard Victoria get it. Um, the motions are still going on. She gets she quickly she gets to the bathroom, and at the same time where uh, Chloe's about to get killed, you have to find a hammer. You find a hammer and you break the uh, break the glass and you hit uh, the fire alarm. This lets Chloe to hit Nathan and escape. So this is the first thing that or this is the first event that you're supposed to be like, okay, time has she's changed something that was supposed to happen in the game. But you actually change everything when you answer Mr. Jefferson's question. And that is kind of how everything starts in this game. Yeah. Um, there are uh, uh, one more character, Kate Marsh, uh, a student at Blackwell Academy and a devout Christian. She has been having trouble coping with the release of a viral video featuring her kissing strangers at a, at a Vortex club party and seems emotionally traumatized. Um, and Max is seemingly good friends with Kate and watches out for her during this rough time. Um, and I mentioned Rachel Amber. Uh, based on information from Arcadia Bay, Rachel was a popular student who attended Blackwell Academy. She and Chloe Price were both close and dreamed of leaving Arcadia Bay together. However, she suddenly went missing on Monday, April 22nd, 2013, with little to no information about her whereabouts. So, in a sense, and there are posters over there that you kind of mm-hmm. find out who Rachel is that she went missing. You kind of find out it was Chloe who 
posted those pictures around the school. Now, Chloe used to go to Blackwell, but she ended up getting kicked out because she was more of a rebel and everything. And as smart as she is, um, her life went on a downturn after her dad died. And that's kind of like how Max un understands it. Um, throughout episode one, um, you're trying to ask Max to get back into your dorm. Um, you can't because Victoria is, you know, acting study with her friends. Um, but Samuel, who is the campus janitor or, you know, kind of maintenance person, uh, he uh, he plays a part, a vital part of getting Victoria to move. So um, you kind of set it up where Victoria gets wet, her her friends gets wet, and then, you know, you kind of somehow messed around with the pancake. And the game makes it obvious that you're supposed to mess with the can and everything. So you mess with the can at a certain time. Samuel goes up, tries to use to put, put the can on, but the handles break and it gets on Victoria Cashmere shirt. So uh, you talk to Victoria trying to be or be nice or be mean because you can laugh at her. And I kind of want to ask you guys, when you started making choices like this on how you wanted Max to be, at that point with Victoria, did you laugh at her or did you feel bad for her? Celeste. Okay, so I don't know if we, so we talked about how you make choices in the game. Um, yes. There are major choices and then there are minor choices. And this could be a six hour long episode if we talked about <laughs> every single yes. choice. So we're kind of going to focus on the major ones because they really affect the plot big time. Yeah. Um, yes. So the, I don't think we mentioned this, Ed, but the first major choice is you can go to Principal Wells. And oh, yeah. Can, yeah, that's okay. It's it, This game, it, It's there's so much going on. Um, you can either let him know what was going on with Nathan in the bathroom, or you can hide the truth. So I reported Nathan. What did y'all do? I reported Nathan. Uh, I reported Nathan. Oh. Okay. And um, for Victoria Chase, okay, when the paint falls on her, like Eddie said, you can either make fun of her or you can comfort her. I comforted her. I comforted her too. In my head, I made fun of her, but I comforted her. <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to be like, that's what you mean. But yes, I comforted her as well. So, yes. They, sh they should add a third choice where you could give her a paper bag to put over her head. I'm just there. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's and, not nice. <laughs> but I, I agree. <laughs> so and, and the reason I asked for this, because sometimes your first choice will be like, okay, I'm going to make this person very moral, make them nice or something. Or if I start off being evil, in a sense, I, I'm, as a, I'm as a player is going to keep up that evil streak and see where it goes mm -hmm. um oh some oh, things Eddie. oh go ahead Celeste. I, I think it's important to mention what happens after you make a major choice the um a butterfly the one that maxine saw at the beginning a little butterfly sketch will appear and, and it'll say this action will have consequences yes yep so yeah when you make certain choices that happens and be like they will remember this in the future or this action has consequences for the future Mm -hmm. Which it does does play out. Um, episode one, uh, you, um, 
you end up going to go talk to Warren. I'm, I'm going to kind of skip ahead. You go and talk to Warren, and Nathan comes and starts to fight with Warren. Uh, or, you know, if you chose to tell uh, the principal, uh, Nathan starts addressing you as Max, and Warren kind of starts, you know, stops it, kind of protects you, and they get into a fight. Uh, things are happening, uh, and Chloe shows up. You get in the car with Chloe, and you drive off to Chloe's house. You guys have a conversation, blah, 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 and then you go and meet her house because you realize your camera is destroyed, and now you need to find out, you know, how you fix it, how to get it fixed and everything. Now, I didn't talk about, uh, I didn't talk about, um, the stepdad, uh, Madison, uh, because he is kind of like an army vet, and he, you know, he's been through war. He's seen, he's seen it all, and he's kind of like the mean person that they want you to believe. But there are things that happen in this game that make you rethink your relationship with him and everything. Uh, because he's very protective of Chloe and uh, Chloe's mom, um, mm -hmm. which actually plays a part kind of like in the third, fourth episode of this. Um, Have we introduced but, what he is at Blackwell? I don't know if we explained exactly who so David Madsen is at Blackwell. David Madsen is security mm -hmm. uh, at the at the place. And um, he kind of want to, I think he's the one along with that teacher, they want to install security cameras and everything around different places. Um, what we don't, didn't know is that uh, David is actually, you know, kind of being somewhat a detective trying to find out what's going on with some things and everything. Because um, at one point in the first episode, he runs into Kate Marsh and you get a new you can take a picture or you can stop it. Um, and those will have uh, consequences uh, for both characters and everything. Uh, and you kind of see uh, why David is acting the way he is towards um, Kate uh, and everything. So um, all in all, uh, what did you guys think about the first episode? Because you asked... Uh, Max, um, reveal the, your power to Chloe, and then later on, Chloe kind of—I believe it's in, this may be in the second episode. Chloe starts to test your powers and stuff, um, because they're at a diner and everything. Uh, but she's asking Max, "What am I going to say, or what do I have? What, what stuff do I have in my pocket?" You guess wrong. You find those items. You rewind time and you tell her what you found in, in different orders and everything. And you blow her mind. And when that happens, Chloe gets the idea, maybe you can help me find what happens to Rachel. Don't they walk to the White House during that scene, right? That's that's when that takes place. They both go up to mm -hmm. the lighthouse mm -hmm. and she reveals to Chloe that she has these powers. Um and Chloe's pretty uh, excited about it, actually. I believe um, that she has a friend with uh, superpowers. So, yes. Um, and that's the same time that you see the deer, I believe, the doe, as you walk mm -hmm. up as well. Yeah. And 
this is kind of where the whole epicenter of the um, the game, I believe, focuses on with the uh, storm that is supposed to be coming mm-hmm. to Arcadia Bay and also what the sequel uh, before the storm is kind of portraying too. So, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I really enjoy. Well, the first episode got me hooked already because it's just not something I was used to. And um, it was a new way to play almost like Heavy Rain, but just, you know, in a, uh, to me, at, at in the first episode, a lighter tone. Uh, and um, I guess more um, laid back than, than Heavy Rain was for me when I started playing that one. So um, I overall, I, I really enjoyed the level. Um, or the whole story for that first chapter. Um, and what's interesting too is I as I go along as I go along as I play this game, um, it's kind of interesting the time time travel mechanic, how it how it also relates to the photography. I feel when you're a photographer, you have to like get the right angle, the right light to get that perfect picture. And you as the artist, uh, you determine what you think that that angle is or what what the perfect picture picture is mm. so when you're doing time travel and you're changing doing things to change people's outcomes or, or story you're the artist of the time travel because you can pick the perfect scenario for you or whoever you're doing this you know change for so mm. hand in hand it's kind of like the photography and the time travel kind of the same as is it's an art almost as you do as you choose the perfect scenario yes so uh so that's what did you think about the first episode like, oh the way it says it sets up oh like shane said it, it hooked me right away and i was not <clears throat> it, the game's a little deceptive because i knew nothing about it going in. i think i knew like oh i might get to make choices and decisions in the game that affect the outcome but when Nathan burst into that bathroom and he's talking to himself, you can kind of tell he's unhinged. And then, well, you don't know it's Chloe at first until a little later. At, yes. Max doesn't realize mm-hmm. it's Chloe at first. Um, when that woman goes in the room and then he shoots her, I was like, oh, this is this is a serious game. And, you know, they drop, they drop some curse <laughs> words and they talk about drugs and different things. And I'm like, this is, this is not the innocent little Disney movie kind of teenage drama that we're about to get into. <laughs> yes. um, it deals with a lot of stuff. And I, I, I'm i not going to lie. I can't remember which choices are in which episodes. But with mm. Kate March and David Madsden's confrontation, did we did that happen in the first episode? Or is that... Because that's a major yes. decision. Yeah, it happened because you were able to... I think you were heading towards uh, to go meet Warren so you could tell him about this power. But you see uh, David walk up to Kate and everything, yes. and mm-hmm. you yes. got that you got that action, uh, and you made that choice. And then you know the game continues over there because That's... at that part, I took I took the picture because I wanted to have evidence. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to interfere or anything. <clears throat> yes. So Kate, Kate and D- Kate and David are talking, and Kate's very meek. She's very timid, and David is. He seems very antagonistic. He seems very aggressive while he's talking to her. And there are so many things you don't realize happening at this point in time. So you have the choice between uh, taking the photo, like Eddie said, or you can intervene. I chose to take the photo as well 
because I wanted photographic evidence that something strange is going on with this adult and he's harassing a, a minor to me. That's how I viewed it. What about you, Shane? Um, I would do believe I, I intervened actually. Um, again, I wanted to stand up for, um, mm -hmm. in that moment, maybe I should have taken a picture, but I think it'd be, it's better, I guess, to say something, uh, yeah. for me than to let yes. it slide. I know. But I wish does you could it do hold both. up in court? I don't know. <laughs> Does it hold up in court? I wish you could do both. Why can't you take a picture and then intervene? Get the Google glasses, record the whole thing. So, <laughs> so the main kind of focus is uh, for this, like the plots of it is finding out what happened to Rachel Adams, um, finding out what's going on with Kate Marsh, like why she's acting that way. Um, we mentioned drugs and we kind of find out that David, not David, but Nathan, has been uh, selling drugs or bringing stuff for some of the students at this Vortex party that they're able to have the school. Also, Nathan's family owns the town and the school. So it's kind of that privilege uh, sense for him that yeah, if you try to get me in trouble, nothing's going to happen. Uh, and when I find out, I'm going to retaliate against you, which also plays a part into later of some of the phone calls that Max starts getting from an anonymous person. Uh, go ahead, Shane. I, I was going to say, and it's also strange to me um, that Mark Jefferson works for this high school. Um, he's he has to be getting paid a lot to even stay there, if 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 that's the case, because he's a famous artist known over the whole U.S. So mm. does does the Prescott family pay him to be there? You know, and if so. Is this how Nathan connects with him later on um, that when you find out um, what's happening and um, does his dad uh, also have something, you know, going on with this as well? And I'll kind of explain a little more um, what's found in a later episode that has me thinking that maybe they know more than they do. So, yes. So. Um, we're kind of going to spoil this major point. Uh, so we're going to start with Kate. Um, it kind of, we, like we talked about the description, Kate was kind of drugged or something happened to her at this Vortex party. Um, but there was a video that was taken that goes online. And because of her Christian faith and everything, in her mind and probably other people's minds that she's considered as a slut or a whore um, in it. And it affects her mentally. And you as Max, you can play a part in this. Um, but if you don't do certain things, it leads up to a point where um, you kind of almost get, your, your powers extend at this point. But at, at points in this game, you can't use your powers at the time. So um, at this point, Kate is at, the top of the dorm um, that she stays at and she is about to commit suicide. She jumps off and everybody's just like, ah, but time freezes. So you as a player, you as Max are able to go in uh, and try to save her. Um, and depending on the things that you did, you can and the things that you say probably is not the right answer which would make her commit suicide. Um, for me, 
as much as I try and stuff that I didn't know that could be done, uh, Kate committed suicide and died on my plate. Uh, what about you guys? Did Kate survive in your story or did she die? Uh, Shang or oh, Celeste, you wanna? Um, so like you were saying, so Kate, there are different things you can do. Like you can go talk to her in her dorm room and she'll yeah. ask you advice. Like, should I go to the police or should I look for proof? That's a major decision. I suggested that she look for proof. My rationale Same. for that is because the Prescotts, they practically own the town. They're wealthy. They're influential. I think most cities or small towns have families like that. My <clears> area <throat> probably does. And I was kind of worried like, okay, you're going to be dealing with a, a really big hornet's nest, you might want to make sure you have proof. And that's not to say, it's kind of like, I want her to get the proof and then go to the police because she's, I hate to say it, like a little nobody in this town. So I want her to have as much help as possible. And then there's another point where you're at the Two Whales Diner, which is where Chloe's mom works. Kate calls, you can choose to answer or, or not answer. I answered the phone call and that Same can also... Day. And that can also play into what happens. So you can rewind time to try to save Kate mm -hmm. and that you, you have to make the right decisions. You have to say the right things. And I messed up and Kate did commit suicide. And I, my jaw dropped at that point. My, my mouth just opened and I was like, oh my God, I can't even, I, I should not work for a suicide hotline. Oh, I'm. The thing about it is, I said the right things until it asks who you're going to disappoint. And when I, because I chose her, her mother, and it was just like, well, this is my reaction about my mother. Dive off. I'm like, ah! I, I felt so bad. Like, I, I felt like a personal failure because I guess I, I thought, I kind of put myself in Max's shoes where if that had been my friend... I was devastated. Shane, what about you? With I know we talked about the other decisions leading up to that point. What did you choose? So um, I ended up being able to save her. And I think one of the big key things is what Ed was saying. He chose her mother. Um, the whole game, you, you're supposed to look, you know, in areas and find out clues to unlock, you know, more of the story. But there's also hints on the dialogue, what you should be choosing later, later on. In the Bible that you find in um, Kate's room, there is a postcard from her dad, and it says "Love Papa" on it, at towards the bottom. So I I chose her dad in that uh, dialogue, and um, I did end up saving her, and I did choose you know answer the phone, and talk to her in the dorms. So I think that that piece right there, which wasn't part of the dialogue between the two. Um, and it was separate from there that you discover that plays in into the how I think I, I saved her. So, and see, I didn't search her room for anything mm. because I felt, to me, why am I searching through her room? Violating I'm her. Invading, is it oh. her privacy? That's what my logic oh, thought, Eddie. and I thought the game was going to be like, <laughs> "Hey, don't go through my stuff." That is, you know, you okay, you bring up a really great point, Ed, and I, I was listening to some other podcasts to help me, um, like, refresh my memory with a lot of stuff, and I like getting other people's opinions on, on things. It, you can walk into different students' dorm rooms, and you can start reading their diaries, like, you can read the Bible, mm -hmm. like Shane said, and nobody stops you and says, hey, what are you doing going through my stuff? <laughs> I, 
I think there's one student that that says that you're nosy for doing it, and you mm-hmm. kind of apologize. I can't remember who it was. Dana, maybe. Ma- maybe. Maybe. No, who is who is a, was there a cheerleader maybe. or something? Dana's a cheerleader, I think. It may have been Dana. She's she's <laughs> the one who um. There's a minor choice you can make with her. I did not realize that she potentially was pregnant. Wow. Um, ah, that's something I didn't know. Well, so I could it. This is also a game where you can uh, look up like player stats and see what people chose. Um, it's it's a minor thing. It's not. It, it has no bearing on the outcome of the the mm. game and the, the story. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like she she's not pregnant, but you can find a pregnancy test. You could talk to her about it. Um, I never found it. And I was yes. like, what? I do remember that. Also, like um, the the character Alyssa. Uh, do you know who I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. she's also voiced by the same people or person that does Kate Marsh. So, okay. um, oh. it's interesting cause in her case, um, you can talk to her and then you can, you, for somehow some weird reason, Max knows that something's going to happen. Uh, so it's, it must be something that, um, she must've seen and then never, mm. you know, tells you, but she tells you to move out of the way and then the ball, uh, gets thrown and then hits the window and cracks the glass um yeah that's the first episode yeah there there's i guess two um two other things in different episodes where some similar thing happens um the only one i can remember is you tell her to move back from the sidewalk and a car goes by and splashes a puddle there's one other place too yeah but it's weird because she never questions it so the one that was at the the one that's at the at the party at the vortex party where she's at the pool is it yeah okay yeah, yeah, she she has a few like, instances. Yeah, because she was just like, "Oh, you didn't tell me something about the pool or something," uh, and then she's like, oh, "Go ahead, go go be what you need to be or something." So I didn't know any of that or and stuff. Um, yeah, but it, it, it was small things like that that made it really interesting and uh, how no, she never questioned Max saying these things well how did you know that you know didn't even say anything she just was in her own little world reading her book and just slides over on the bench ball goes by doesn't you know really acknowledge the fact that max told her to move and (laughs) ball goes right past her head so yes um we didn't mention frank who is kind of the antagonist for chloe he's a drug Mm. dealer who wants to get paid uh because i uh max Asked for borrowed some money, and she was. The plan was her and Rachel were going to leave Arcadia Bay. And oh, you mean um, she was Chloe? Really, Chloe. And- so yeah, Chloe. So, yeah, yeah. So Chloe and Rachel were really good friends after Max left, and they had actually planned to leave Arcadia Bay. And uh, this isn't before the storm, but you can kind of determine the level of their relationship. Yes. yes. Um, so another major point in the game, we're kind of going to be jumping around, uh, was that um, you are able to say you are able to save Chloe's dad in this game, which actually pushes. We're jumping a little bit further into some of the episodes, but this we can was rewind time thing. if we need to. Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, you ask Max. Uh, you look at like you look at the picture. This is kind of her third power in the game. And this is when she's able to time hop at different places. So it's the time travel aspect of it. Um, you go back and you're, you're still the same age, but you're in that time age as a kid 
uh, body. So your current mechs and your past mechs body. And uh, you find out that uh, uh, the dad gets a phone call and goes to go get the mom. And that's when, uh, you know, uh, Chloe's dad dies and everything. But you interfere by finding the keys because you find out where they at. You find time. You find the keys. You quickly throw them out. Um, the dad tries to find them by using the alarm. Nothing happens. And you tell him, hey, why don't you go and take the bus? Um, that happens. And time jumps. You go to Chloe's house and you see the dad. And you're just like, ah, I made things better. Uh, but you, as Maxine, uh, are part of, like, the Mean Girls group and everything, because Victoria's kind of acting nice to you and whatever. You go see Chloe, and you kind of find out that instead of the dad having a car accident and dying, Chloe got into a car accident, and she's kind of, like, uh, paralyzed. Paralyzed, yes. Um, some things happen and it gets to the point where Chloe asks you to put some morphine in it and turn it up because she don't have long to live. She she's giving you permission to kill her. And if you and it was just like, oh no. Did any of you guys go ahead and do it or not? I was just like, I can't do this. Shane, what did you do? Um, I didn't. Um, you know, I, you know, not playing all the way through. I didn't realize you could. This is going to also be another choice later on, but um, I couldn't do it. I figured, just you know, we're, we could reset back to, you know, before that was my thought, and that did happen. Um, but I couldn't do that. I know it. Uh, if if you talk to the the mom and the dad, they're they're saying their you know their bills are so expensive they you can't afford to eat and all this stuff and it it is a burden, um, and I believe Chloe feels that way that she she really is a burden and uh, I I just couldn't I couldn't do that I could be the one making that choice even though I did make the choice already to save her dad, so. Suness. Uh, uh, I looked at it as a mercy killing, so I, I did grant her wish. It was a very <gasps> difficult decision. Um, so as when you're playing this alternative timeline, you can search around Chloe's parents' house and talk to her mom and dad. They're drowning in medical debt, and I'm going to save mm. my, my uh, soapbox for another day on how no one should have to drown in medical debt to begin with. But um, it, it's... It, <sighs> That, that broke my heart, absolutely. And Chloe even insinuates that she doesn't have much longer to live anyway. Apparently the accident yeah. was so bad that she's deteriorating. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's, that is, that's a huge, dis- <laughs> that is a horrible, horrible situation. And it's not like she was in a vegetative state where you can have like, do not resuscitate, where that might be a slightly easier decision to make based on someone's last wishes in their will or your discussions with them. She's still alive. And she's conscious, and mm-hmm. but I I looked at it as a mercy for her and her her family. It really felt like 
this is a re- this is a replacement of a death in that film. Like it, something has to happen. There has to be death in that family. Um, and if you look at it, when it and I don't want to spoil it till we get to the end. But when you look at it, no matter what choice that you did, that you do, the mom is going to suffer both losses. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Yep. Um, the the third one is we kind of find out uh, a little bit about Rachel. Uh, Adam Amber Amber you're thinking Amber. of the actress my friend <laughs> yeah <laughs> Richard Amber and some of these other girls and stuff so we kind of find out that you know we're thinking that Nathan is drugging these girls and you know doing something to them uh is implemented that they're being raped by Nathan or guys or whatever but we kind of find out, which is this is like kind of the major thing on what her what uh, Max's powers is really used for. We kind of find out that Mark Jefferson, uh, this is the plot twist, everybody, that he's been uh, drugging the girls and putting them in bondage and taking pictures of them and making it feel like art. And then you know if he overdoses them and kills them, he throws their body weight and he hides it. So um, we kind of find out that what happened to Kate, that she was drugged, but Mark uh, tied her up and was taking photos. And every girl that he has is put into a book. What you don't realize is that when, when you see these books, you know none, of, none about it. So you're thinking fate that with every girl that gets killed or whatever person gets killed, this is going to be the end of their story. So there is a point where you are, to even get to that though, you have to do some detective work with some of the clues that you have gotten. And there's a section that shows some pictures where you have to connect them everything. I picked the barn when I had to pick my three clues. I picked the barn because that felt like, okay, I never visited the barn and just in for some reason in movies like this a barn is always the suspicious thing that happens because <laughs> it looks like no one is it's so it's not it's so out of focus like no one is focusing on it but it's so important to the story mm-hmm. that when you go look in the barn you see all the stuff that gets revealed because it's a uh, in a way, it, it, it's a camouflage. It's like a fake. It's an illusion. I should say, not camouflage. It's an illusion that, oh, this is just a basic bar or nothing. Wait a minute. <clears throat> huh? There's a door, and then it needs to do all of that. And did, did you find, and this is what I was talking about before, um, where I was going to say something. It's, they, uh, I think Chloe finds a article in like a, treasure box or box or some sort in the in mm-hmm. the barn and it talks about bomb shelters that are all over arcadia bay and that the prescott family knows about them because they built them or something like that yeah so that leads me to believe that they built this one in the barn and it has some connection to uh, mark jefferson purchasing it or inheriting it or whatever the case is they both parties know about this bomb shelter and uh, whether the dad 
of Nathan knows, was it Sean, his name is, I think? Sean Prescott. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if Sean knows this or not, I don't know, but Nathan for sure, uh, you know, is involved. So. And to everybody, let everybody know how we find out that it was Mark uh, Jefferson, uh, uh, Max gets stabbed with, you know, with a needle, uh, but Chloe gets shot. And the camera falls in a way that when you look up and see it, it's Mark Jack- Jefferson uh, with his glasses and his mic. Now, you kind of figure, like, how's that happening? Well, Mark Jefferson was texting uh, Max and Chloe, I believe, or pretty much Max, uh, using Nathan's phone. So he was tricking, uh, and he was making the anonymous uh, messages and everything. But you kind of just like, wait a minute, how could it be Mark? He was just at the Vortex Club announcing the winner of the photography class. So how was he able to leave, get there, get there to Chloe's favorite place, which is this kind of junkyard by a train station, or by, not train station, by a train track, and was able to stop uh, you know, or capture Max because they find out that uh, at a particular point that Rachel's body is buried there. So the reveal is she actually was killed by an overdose and buried uh, and buried there. You know, and it's it's making you think that because Rachel and Frank also had a relationship in a sense, they were making you the game was making you think that Frank killed Rachel, but it wasn't. It was Mark. Which I I don't know I think um, if I if I recall right uh, isn't it Nathan that uh, overdoses Rachel and Mark finds out about it and that's why Mark mm. has uh, Nathan's phone because he's texting them from Nathan's phone because Mark killed Nathan. Yes, after later on we find out that uh, Mark kills Nathan also. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like the plot twist but then episode five happens and oh boy we're going to get into this one but celeste what did you think of that moment when mark jefferson was revealed to be the antagonist (laughs) like the catalyst of this of this game so as you can tell this game takes you on many wild rides (laughs) yes (laughs) that's that's the like i'm assuming if you are listening to this episode you already know what happens otherwise we just spoiled the hell out of the game for you yeah um but i don't know if we talked about this uh, but just to kind of help with uh you know some perspective chloe has this junkyard that she hangs out at and that's where she Mm -hmm. used to hang out with rachel amber and she'd work on cars and they just uh, probably drink maybe do some smoke some pot or something and they're that's where Rachel is buried. So it's kind of like how Shane was talking about earlier, where he's wondering how involved are the rest of the Prescotts in what Mark Jefferson is doing. I I guess, like, how would you not know on your personal property that there are these lewd pictures of these underage girls? Okay, I have so many questions. Did Mark Jefferson do this at other places? Is this his fetish? Um, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> where's he getting the drugs from? Where's he getting the stuff to drug the girls? Um, so it looked, I was also reading more about Nathan. He's, he's under a lot of pressure from his dad 
because it's the whole family name thing, the Prescott's, and he's going to therapy. He he probably has schizophrenia or bipolar disorder, something very mm-hmm. serious. And um, I think Mark kind of became his friend, and he looked up to Mark as a father figure as That's well. That's what I thought. Yeah. Maybe, so, maybe Mark treated him better than, than um, Sean did, and he, he liked that. Yes, exactly. And then Mark ends up killing him because the plan was not to kill Rachel. The plan, but I think Nathan wanted to emulate what he saw Mark doing, and he overdid it, which ended up in Rachel's death. And mm-hmm. so Mark, I mean, that's a big deal. Mark could get in, he should get in trouble, but he's like, oh, crap. Like, okay, because, okay, well, and before the storm, we, we learned Everybody, okay, everybody's life is important, but Rachel's family, they're another important family mm-hmm. in Arcadia Bay, which would absolutely alert the authorities. So I'll just leave it at that for that coverage. Um, her dad's a pretty important figure in the town. Um, I, yeah, Shane, what, what do you want to say? I'm just, I was, I did not see that coming at all. Did y'all see that coming? I, I did not. When they revealed Mark, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> because of the, the the way that they designed the character, they thought he was a caring teacher. Even the way that he turned down Victoria. But he had a plan for Victoria also. Because we didn't know. We didn't know that he was a psychopath because of the way. Once again, the voice acting in this game, I would say, is kind of top-notch at points. And uh, the person playing Mark Jefferson did a great job, with definitely with the lines that they gave him. And the way that he delivered them, they will make you think that nothing is focused on him because everything is all on Nathan. Mm-hmm. And so our focus is on him being it. Uh, so I wouldn't, it, it really kind of felt like this all came out from the blue. But the only hint that I go back to that things weren't right with Mark is when. Uh, you're supposed to be going to the class, uh, and he's uh, Mark is talking to Kate, and Mark gets a phone call, and he goes to the side. Now you could go to class and continue the conversation, like continue the progress. I walked to the science class where Warren was at, and I started listening to his conversation going over and over. So who is he talking to? I'm thinking so- he's talking to another woman or. A wife or something. I, yeah, I had the same thought because Nathan was in the class, so he, it wasn't him. Um, was it Sean? Um, was it, I don't know, just like you said, was it someone in his past that they never connected to, or maybe they're gonna, I don't know, in Life is Strange 4 tell us or something? I don't know. My, conclu- my conclusion is that it was Frank. He had oh, to could, be talking uh, to Frank. Okay. Maybe, or maybe there was another drug dealer too uh, uh, that was also um, in on it as well. I forgot what the name was, but uh, it could have been him. Maybe, maybe he needed more oh, drugs or Damien. Maybe... I think. Yeah, Damien. But that's before the storm. Yeah, so, but maybe that's who he was talking to, and yeah. we didn't know that. Maybe that's True. how we it's later on find out. Which is funny, funny because Damien is supposed to be. Uh, is kind of I think is connected to or something revealed to be the devil in the sense. Mm. The word Damien. Yeah. Oh. Because yeah. okay. of, de- of demon. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, but it is at that 
place where Chloe, the, Chloe's getaway, her hideout, that's where she is shot by mm. Mark Jefferson and where he drugs mm. Max. And it's, I don't know, for me, it's, it's, it's like he's, he's grooming these people, you know, not, not in the way uh, you would think normal grooming would, would be, but in his own way to make the perfect art piece along mm. with that. Like I was saying, the, the time travel and the photography, it, it's his, how he looks at perfect art. He's trying to create the perfect art in his eyes. So yes. it's, it, I don't know, it's really disturbing and interesting at the same time, just how, how it all comes to play. Um, I also do know that um, the guy that voiced Mark, um, he had no idea that he was the bad guy <laughs> till later on. They kept him in the dark, so um, they didn't want to spoil anything. And that I, I think that really played into him um, being surprised uh, and then beefing up how he, he norm- I guess this guy normally acts as a bad guy for his voices. So I think uh, it was perfect for him, so. Yes. So episode five kind of have multiple conclusions, but it's like a conclusion upon conclusion that just drags it out. Uh, one of it is is that you get you you get Mark captured and you get Nathan captured and you win the photo contest. You go to San Francisco with your teacher, uh, but the thing is still happening. And also at times, Chloe, I mean not Chloe, Max gets a nosebleed because of her powers and everything. You kind of find out that the uh, that everything is still happening. Uh, time passes on, and you get into the uh, lighthouse with Chloe. You are the storm is still happening, the tornado is still happening, and Chloe tells you, you know, you got to make a choice. Uh, you sacrifice the town, or you sacrifice me. I'm okay of dying if this makes sure that the town doesn't get destroyed or this hurricane doesn't happen. So this is like the final choice of the game. I'm going to start with you, Shane. And then we're going to get into our reactions. What was your choice at this time? Did you save Chloe or did you save the town? I saved the town. Um, I, I, I go with the philosophy, save the many. Um, so that's what I chose. Um, yes, Chloe um, this is a good friend, but uh, even she agrees that uh, she wants to save everyone else, including her mom. Um, and, you know, everyone else in Arcadia Bay. So I made the hard choice of, yes, I, I sacrificed Chloe and, um, you know, save the town. So. The one thing I did like when Chloe said before you make your choice, she said, even my mom designed, uh, even my mom, mom should be happy with my stepdad. I think that's when Chloe kind of realized and appreciate uh, David because that's who the mom is with. Um, and you kind of find out why he was doing it because, and I'm going to get to you, Celeste. I, you know, stood with the family and they kicked David out to go to the hotel. Uh, because of what you think of David and what it was leading up and you didn't realize what he was really doing. When you do that, you'd be like, okay, now I feel bad. Now I understand. And I think... And, I, oh, go ahead, Shay. I was, I was going to say that the, the story, uh, the, the writing, they, they make you want to think that everyone else is the bad guy 
so that you get thrown off. And they, I think they really did a good job throwing you off on mm-hmm. who actually was the bad guy. So, yeah. So, Ness, what was your choice? So, again, th- this game is a wild ride. And <laughs> there's, if you have not played it, I don't know why you're listening to this episode because you just ruined it. <laughs> the game for you to begin with. But yes, um, I, I, I'm saying this. Still play the game yes. if you are just here in this discussion because there's a lot of stuff that we cut out and you don't get the oh. full context of everything until you play everything and you yeah. make a choice. I, I was going to say, we didn't talk about Hot Dog Man yet. so That's an important character. <laughs> Very important character. Um, there are so many, like, there are decisions where you have to side with, you can just choose to decide whether you want to be with, uh, believe David or Chloe. Um, <laughs> you can decide whether you want a dog to get hurt or be fine. I mean, it's, this is a very layered game. I'd say it's about what 15 hours of gameplay. If you're like me yes. and and Shane oh, yeah. and but Ed Ed has too much um, integrity to do this where you explore everybody's rooms. <laughs> I'm, just it, it was just, it was... <laughs> I'm just picking on you, Ed. I'm just picking on you. I um so I chose to save Chloe. <laughs> okay, that's cool. I, it doesn't I... surprise me. You saved her. <laughs> <laughs> in the alternate I, reality. So. I, I, um, I, uh, well, I, I mercy killed her in the alternate reality and I saved her life <laughs> in the, the real world. But I, I did look up what happens if you choose to save the town. Cause I was like, I got to know what happens. Um, mm. huge, dif- hugely different reactions. And I have to say, dang, that is one destructive tornado hurricane that it, it yeah. kills those people. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I guess, I, I guess I'm just amazed that I'm, well, you don't find out exactly if anybody survived. I haven't played Life is Strange 2 yet and I have not played True Colors. So I ha- I don't know if my questions will be answered, but I guess I thought, okay, come on. I, I mean, I know there's a lot of rubble, but there has to be one sturdy building in that whole, I guess, cause I live in a hurricane prone area, but I guess if you don't and something like that happens the buildings might not be built to withstand mm-hmm. that kind of storm i don't know i don't know what about you so I, I was trying to figure out that uh even when the story happens how did chloe still have her car and they was able to drive off i'm like wait a minute this oh is that what you decided to do too no to i i killed chloe i saved the town and well let's let's, I, let's make it clear that max does not kill chloe <laughs> yes I would say that. Yes. Uh, so you go back in time. You don't take the you don't take the picture. You let everything happen. You fall down and you're crying as Max. And uh, I think um, I think uh, Mr. Jeff, uh, Mark, and Nathan still get captured though. I think they. Mm. I think that stuff still happens. Um, you end up having a friend. Well, Kate has come back. She's alive because everything <laughs> happened before all the events happen. So you see Kate, you see Warren, um, you see the mom and uh, and David, um, you see this guy preaching and everything, but you also see this blue butterfly comes down and lands on the casket and you smile. Uh, I think your spirit animal is right behind it. No, Frank is behind a tree and he sees it. So he has some kind of empathy for it and everything. Uh, and you kind of realize that, you know, the blue moth, in this, a blue butterfly, in the sense that, yeah, 
do you still want to take a picture? Do you want to do something? But it also represented this is Chloe right here because of the blue hair. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like I wrote these in our, our notes. I kind of had a different take and just because of uh, before the storm. But I thought the the butterfly represented uh, Max because of the um, time travel, which is uh, considered the butterfly effect. So mm-hmm. that's and I, I think, yeah, it's blue because it, it, it does um, match Chloe's hair and it kind of it's Max who changes the time for Chloe. Um, Chloe, I, I got more of um, from and this kind of goes into the other one. I'm just going to say more of the Raven represents her with the the uh, insight in different situations that Chloe has. And um, in in the before the storm, she has something called back talk, which kind of gives her more of her power is is to influence people um and but also brings about you know bad omen so could that be because of her this you know the storm was prevented because or came about because of the time change and so and then also rachel i feel is the doe um in the in the game because it's almost like she's the spirit animal guiding them towards um maybe the truth of what happened to her so mm-hmm. it's kind of how I, I i felt and i kind of like how they have samuel as kind of that symbolism talking point where he says mm-hmm. you know oh you know max is telling him that i i keep seeing this doe and everything in the forest and, and she's like ah that's your spirit animal and samuel's just like my spirit spirit animal is the squirrel Yep, and he starts talking about it, and you kind of see that semblance, uh, <laughs> you know, that connectivity. Because I, I think what I really love about Samuel in this game that you know he is this calm, caring person. He may seem a little bit weird, but mm-hmm. I love the fact that they didn't do nothing wrong with Samuel. Like they didn't try yeah. to kill him, they didn't try to hurt him or anything. They really were just he- like. Selmo is such an integral part to the story, to Max, because it's kind of like, even though he's not guiding, he's someone who listens to Max and makes her feel reassured mm-hmm. when she needs to. And, and so he's a leader in a different way. Go ahead, Shay. Uh, definitely, he's, he's a strange character, but um, eccentric may be a little better word for it. But uh, yeah, he talks about the, the squirrels. He talks about whales dying and birds dying um, as as these things are happening and thinks that someone is behind it while talking to Max. So um, mm-hmm. there's a little, maybe he, he knows something's afoot. Um, and there, also there's a lot of um, Native American stuff in this as well. Kind yes. of tying, tying together. We see totem poles and um, various, uh, uh, even like Rachel has feather earrings. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of things going on there. Um I don't know if you have anything else to say, but um, I, I did want to mention also the homeless lady. So, mm-hmm. okay, behind um, two well, diner, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to get into our thoughts, and so that's kind of the 
thing about Life is Strange, like we said, there's some stuff we omitted from this, because I will say, go play the game so you can get a better understanding of why these events. And I think with the choices that you're going to be making in this game to get to where certain parts, it's going to really enhance the narrative for you, or it's going to make you want to be like, man, I wish I did something else, or I wish I... I, you know, I took this other chance. Let me see who mm. else played this and everything. Uh, Celeste, I'm going to start with you because you got a lot of thoughts on it. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> go ahead with your thoughts for Life is Strange. So, I will say Life is Strange, it is pretty linear. It, You can't really wander off it's not like breath of the wild or uh, skyrim or something but you do you are able to take your time and explore read different things to talk to different characters um something that kind of upset me and anytime this scenario pops up so kate's being called a slut for making out with all these different guys but the guys don't have any kind of names or repercussions for taking advantage of this drunk girl. I'm assuming they were all drunk as well. I guess whenever that happens, I notice it's usually the woman who gets all these derogatory names, but the Mm. dudes, no no consequences. They're not looked down upon and it enrages me. It's kind of like if a woman gets pregnant and she didn't want to, it's like, Oh, well she should have kept her legs closed. And my response to that is why didn't he keep his pants zipped? Cause it takes, I mean, she's not a sponge. <laughs> she's not reproducing asexually. Just that's something that just makes me so mad. And uh, yeah, Kate, Kate's family is kind of shaming her. So I had so many thoughts on that. Cause I, I grew up in a Catholic area. I went to Catholic school and sexuality was a huge topic and wait till you're married and all these things. And you know, they're, they're, I can respect people's moral decisions, I guess, it just made me think how the women are always looked down upon in those scenarios while the men kind of get away scot-free. Usually. Usually. I know there are exceptions. That that just kind of stood out to me a lot, especially with the teenage years. And God, that I'll get off that. <laughs> that made me so mad for Kate. So mad for her. Um, so... I like, like Shane brought up, I also love the homeless lady behind the two wheels diner because she knows what's going on in town. She might be homeless, but she is fully aware of the news. Mm-hmm. So can I tell you, I've never met her in the game. Did not know that. You're missing out. Yeah. Cause there's, uh, there's theories that there, that she is a older version of Max, um, because she's eating the same cereal as Max and Chloe did. in when they were younger. And she kind of looks like Max and has some similar uh, thoughts um, that Max has. Now, doesn't mean that she is, but uh, it just, the thing she says is, is interesting to, to um, listen to. And uh, mm-hmm. okay. trying, to put, trying to put together that the time travel thing could still be happening. Yeah, she's a, she's a good character. She enriches the and, game. And what would be really interesting is a future game incorporated her and max is older in the game would would be kind of cool that would be awesome. life is strange 17 or whatever <laughs> the case oh <laughs> all still around from life is strange. way That's after right. the storm <laughs> way after the storm um shane i really appreciate that you brought up the butterfly because that's a, a motif used in the game and so i like to look up what animals symbolize 
like you do. And butterflies can also symbolize rebirth, which I think ties into Max's ability to rewind time, give yourself another chance, usually. Some, some scenarios you can't rewind time. Um, mm -hmm. The butterfly also appears whenever an action will have consequences. And we keep talking about the butterfly effect. I, I think we're taking for granted that everybody knows what it is, but in case you are not aware, it means even small changes can affect large scale events. There's like this theory and chaos theory that yep. a butterfly is flapping its wings Which as means. small as that is. It can lead to like a bigger storm or something like that. It can lead to change, uh, bigger change. So. Yes, yes. Yep. I, I'm not a physicist, but so I hope I did not mess <laughs> that up. <laughs> Um, yeah, and like Shane, again, like with your, you're bringing up what Samuel talked about there, all these strange weather events, like there's snow during hot weather, there's an eclipse, mm -hmm. there are beached whales, it just, it's like a sci-fi horror, and I have to wonder, okay, so this, if you choose to sacrifice Chloe and save the town, the, the storm does not happen, but if you choose to save Chloe and sacrifice the town, the storm happens, so it's just, okay, a lot of people think the storm is tied to Rachel Amber, did she want Chloe to be with her in death and that was going to put her to rest and not release this chaotic storm if she is the one responsible for it? I, I don't know. I don't know. What do y'all think? I didn't think make that connection. I think when Rachel was killed, that that was it. I think the storm was just uh I think the storm was just thrown in to have some kind of connection to Max's powers. You know, one thing has to equal another thing. So uh, the story had to happen because of Max using uh, playing with time and stuff. So alternating <coughs> different things. Uh, what what, what would have happened if, what if Max just alternated stuff and it was on a day that it was going to be a story or anything? You know, what, what would happen? Because why would we get the storm and Max doesn't know nothing about the snow that's falling, like on the second day? Mm -hmm. You know, the weird, the weird weather changes and stuff should have gave indication that oh, I shouldn't have to the time at all. You know, Shane, do you think anything of it? Have I am I far reaching right here with that? I, don't know. I honestly, I, I'm not sure because I just. There's so much going on in this this uh, story that they always fo come back and focus on the storm, um, and I feel like like the butterfly, as you just mentioned, it means rebirth. Um, I kind of feel like as combining both of your theories, and I think the butterfly with the reverse uh, with the rebirth effect and it connecting to the time travel thing instead of rebirth it's it's it kind of is destroying things it's destructive and then from that destruction phoenix rises from the ashes and it starts the whole cycle again so mm -hmm. this is just one story um that uh you choose if uh either one one flap of the butterfly wing is chloe kills her or there's multiple butterflies and it kills the whole town now I don't know. It it just feels like uh, it, it's just one one story that happens and happens and it loops and once it's gone, it starts again. So it's a it's a I want to say a rebirth of everything um, that of the destruction of the chaos and new people will come about 
because of that. So I love that. Well, Celeste, uh, Celeste, do you have any more? Uh, Sham, I'm gonna get to you, then I'm gonna get my thoughts, and then we're uh, gonna we're gonna yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get further on. <coughs> uh, any more thoughts, Celeste? I just I think it's a situation where it's suspension of disbelief. You just accept the story as it is, right? <laughs> you mm-hmm. Just yes. you just go with it. You just take what's happening for what it is. Yes. Uh, Shay, any thoughts? Um, I just want to say that, I, okay, I love the game. Uh, the music is beautiful. Um, I love how they connect story and the items in the environment to the story to make it or enhance it more. Um, and I feel it's really relatable. Everyone has things that have happened in their lives that can relate somehow to someone in the story, can help people, um, or make them think differently on something. So, um, uh, I just, I hope everyone tries this game. That's, that's all I want to say that try the game. Um, and for, I know some of you, you guys haven't played like Life is Strange 2 and True Colors, um, or even, uh, the Captain Spirit short. Um, but all Which of them. Which is funny because I, I played the Captain Spirit short when they released it that okay. at the E3 when they yeah. showed it. Yeah. So all, all those, all those somehow, um, in some way connect to Arcadia Bay. Um, Even if it's not directly there, there's stuff in there. And I I encourage you to play them and discover what those are. So. Uh, For me, uh, I feel like episode five was too long. I really feel like they lost what they could have really ended this on a certain note and called it a day. But it dragged on and on and on. It was just like, you're trying to get to a point. And when they get to the final point of what it is, I'm like, you didn't really need to do any of this. Part of this could have been cut off. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, it felt a little heavy rainish at times, which is not bad. Uh, I kind of feel like Kate's storyline was a little bit muddy Um, in this first playthrough. It's because you would think that, you know, you would at least get time to investigate to find some proof on Nathan to present it. And it just really felt like you didn't really get any time to do any of that. You know, if you're going to bring this little story plot as, uh, you know, into the game, give me some time to explore, to find more about Nathan. Just don't kill Kate off or, you know, give you this not give you the option to really save Kate by doing some real investigation. Why am I able to investigate everything else about every other character, but I'm not able to I was able to investigate Victoria when Dana thought that uh, Dana's roommate thought the girl that Dana was sneaking on her girlfriend. I was able to invest that and, you know, present evidence and that fixed that situation and everything. Um, I was able to like wipe the wipe the uh the website line, but I didn't get to do more than that. It's just like I, let me investigate let, give me some time so I could do it. Nope, no investigation. I'm I'm we're gonna kill her off like that. We're gonna find a fantasy somewhere <laughs> real quick. And it's just like so, you should you should have gave me at least to episode four before the vortex party. I have connected enough evidence. Now I could present it to Kate. And we could go and do something mm-hmm. which allowed me to be able to save her. You know, if if I didn't have enough evidence and we still had to go to the police and, sh- and the police just didn't believe it or I didn't have enough, 
then let Kate run off. You go search for Kate, and you find out that she's about to kill herself. I, I like, do know. Like flesh it out more. Go ahead. I do know that uh, some uh, hidden files, audio files, are found uh, for Nathan, um, and I I think that they maybe uh, changed some of the the dialogue and story um, because you, they wanted you to think Nathan was the one who was mm-hmm. was behind most of the what was happening, and uh, I I think one of the audio files was Nathan was yelling that he knew that a storm was coming, so. He, him and his father knew about it and that it connected to those bomb shelters that they had built um, all around Arcadia because the family knew about it along with the homeless lady. So there's, there's just a lot of theories and a lot of things that probably could have been different. And I know, excuse me, uh, that um, all the, all the actors, voice actors, um, the, the, some of the dialogues mismatched because they weren't in the same room when they they were you know doing the voice acting. So some mm. of the stuff doesn't entirely make sense. Um, but I think maybe they had different voice recordings and they could potentially change how the story would go over the five episodes. Um, and that's a challenge that you have when you create a game um, over a course of time when pe- there's people wanting to either a improve the story or somehow make the plot holes um, disappear. So um, maybe that's why that happened. Um, and to your point, I, I think, yeah, I, I would have liked that option, but I think, I don't think the the people making this knew how well this was going to be uh, when mm. they were making it. And I'm sure if they redid it in a different way, they probably have tons of different choices that, that we could choose. So, mm-hmm. uh, last but not least, for me, um, I was having audio issues at time. So when it was going getting close to the end, and they were doing like kind of montage and stuff or different clips, <coughs> music was supposed to play, but there was no music. And I was playing the remaster version, so yeah. I don't know if there was licensing issues or what. But I was just like this. They should have felt they should have felt this with something because in in parts of the game you can hear other music and like cutscenes and stuff you can hear stuff but it it throws everything off when you got a, almost a three minute ending to your episode and there's no music. Did did you go back to see if the original had music in that spot at all? Or? Yes. Yes, okay. the original one has music. In it. Yeah, then it's got it definitely has to be a licensing issue, which uh, kind of kind of stinks. Um, I know before I even started the podcast today, I asked um, Alexa to play Life is Strange music, and there's not much choice of music on there for Life is Strange. Um, and even the CD's hard to get uh, from the original, so it might have a lot to do with licensing. Okay, so. Uh, but everybody, we have come to the end. Now, I gotta ask, do we recommend playing Life is Strange? Shane. Absolutely. You have to play it. If you don't like it, <laughs> you'll still like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, I, I wasn't thinking that you were going to say anything else since you were like, can I please be on your Life is Strange episode? <laughs> <laughs> so, Celeste. 
you have to play this game. I don't care if you're a teenager, a young adult, an older person. I know it takes place in high school, but yes, there are some high school type dramas going on, but there's mystery there. Like we said, with the trigger warnings, there are some very dark topics covered in this game. The storytelling is fantastic. I highly recommend this game. Yeah, I also recommend this game. I say do play Doctor Strange. I think the narrative is pretty strong. There is some twists and turns and everything. And if you don't feel like playing it, I don't think you get the same feeling if you're just watching it. I don't think it does justice just watching this game. Mm-hmm. You really got to play it, play it because you got to make that choice and let that choice affect you. And I think when we make moral choices in games like that, that make the enjoyment better. So uh, I do recommend it. And that's going to be it, everybody. Now, we do have Life is Strange 2 coming. And we have Beyond the Storm. But you can hear Beyond the Storm if you are a Patreon uh, supporter. That episode will come out a little bit later. We have another guest that will be joining us on that discussion. But for our uh, October game that we are playing, it's going to be Life is Strange 2. In November, we are doing Life is Strange 3. And for December, we are playing Detroit Become Human. All the I, am ex- I am excited for Detroit Become Human because that is a conversation that it's just going to be like, this may be a two-parter. Because <laughs> it's it's huge. And that game, when I tell you the, the strong narrative in that game and the choices really matter, they matter. <laughs> hey, Ed, um, I was going to ask you, you played the remastered versus the old one. Um, how how much better are the, the visuals? Is is there much difference? or It's, it's, it's really cleaner in the and the remaster i will okay. say that um because i played it on series x the frame rate was a little bit faster also mm-hmm. um it still looks like the original one but it's the color stands out more it doesn't look muddy or anything like that okay. it's more cleaned up for it so uh, you could yeah you could play I, either or to get the story but okay. for like uh graphical wise to look at it you can play the remaster okay yeah. i was gonna say the, the the visual style didn't really um offend me or anything but a lot of people mm-hmm. are saying it looks like a ps2 character inside a ps3 world um which i i, I get it but uh, it, it definitely still the story trumps everything on there and the music mm-hmm. and it that makes it much more enjoyable um regardless of what you think about the art so yes uh, with that, everybody, uh, I think we're going to call that a wrap. Uh, Celeste, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at FairyCrypt, and I'm also with Another Zelda Podcast, and you can find that at anotherzeldapodcast.com. Shane, where can we find you? You can find me mostly on Twitter at Still Shane, and also you can find me at Another Zelda Podcast and Boss Rush Network for my articles and podcasts. You guys can find me on Twitter at that vertical and on Instagram. You can also check me out on Discord. Check out our YouTube page at Boss Rush Network for more Talk to Walk episodes and other uh, podcast content. And also check us out at BossRush.net for more of our written content reviews, uh, how-tos, and more. 
uh, me and Corey have, and Stephanie did a response to the Nintendo Direct. And let me tell you, Tears of the Kingdom, the theories and the expectations are out there. So, <laughs> I don't know if another Zelda podcast has recorded anything about that, but if they have, do go check it out. I, I am excited to hear we have an that, article. That Absolutely, we have an article. <laughs> yes. So with that, everybody, have a great week. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you next time on Talk the Walk. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. See ya.